All right, everybody, Scoots here, and uh, this is a crossover episode with the podcast Curious States, and my friend Doug, uh, that interviewed me, um, I don't know when Doug interviewed me now, it was, it was, it was the spring of, uh, a year, was it a, I mean, no, it was, a, I think it was the winter. I'd have to look back at my email, which I could do uh, in a bit. And you heard me talk about Cur- Curious Estate. You could check it out in your podcast app of choice. But we've done this before, and uh, we do it ag- we'll do it again. It's a me- meandering. Um, this was episode 12. Does this episode make you sleepy? And... Uh, is this is a machine transcription, so this is going to be good, and we'll see what meanders come out of it. But first, uh, looks like Doug, Doug sets it up. Uh, there's a summary of keywords from this transcription uh, engine: uh, sleep, meandering, podcast, listeners, people, listening, story. So this is good. Uh, these might be, I would say listeners and listening are probably number one and number two important things. Uh, meandering's important. People, listeners, people, listening. Story, sleepy characters, drew, asleep, stay, friends, wagon. Remember a boy with his wagon? His wagon, was that, a, well, that'd be interesting to see when wagon comes up. Did it come up more than once? episode bedtime stories tales brain and early and thoughts so then doug sets it up there's nothing like some truly delicious sleep uh, the kind where you're out cold the minute you hit the pillow you find yourself among the lilac scented clouds symphonies of roses painting images on endless fields the kind of sleep dreams are made of. Do you remember the last time that actually happened? I mean, either. But we try hard, don't we? We listen to soothing music. We meditate. We stay away from screens a half hour before bed. Some of us even put on a special headband and listen to audiobooks like The Wizarding World. To sweep us into dreamland. Oh, this is interesting. So this is the first really good one with uh, the machine screen. So, but what if you had a bedtime buddy? Appletonic Powell. Appletonic Powell. I don't know what that... Uh, who could slow the thoughts running through your head and low you to sleep? Low you, but lull you. Remember the song, there was a band called Cracker, and their hit was Low, or one of their hits, I think. Uh, and uh, there was David Lowry, who I believe became a movie director. Am I getting my facts correct? I don't know. Appletonic Powell. Appletonic Powell. You had a bedtime story. Appletonic Powell. Appletonic Powell. Appletonic Powell. Appletonic Powell. Appletonic Powell. A bedtime. I don't know. Appletonic Powell. And then I think they go to, um, then I introduce myself. Uh, I'm Drew Ackerman. I go on the podcast by, by Dear Scooter. 
Deer's old deer's scooter. Rides a tractor, a deer's tractor. He's been riding that tractor for years, uh, going off topic and meandering out in the field. I tell, I tell him, son, tractor's made for tractor-related activities, not for just dri- driving around. Well, that's why I bought my own tractor, Papa. Remember, with my newspaper money? And I said, I'm going to drive that tractor around and around. I'm just going to meet. It's a meander tractor, Papa. It's all, Papa. Do do you want to, oh, I was using your tractor though, Pa, you know, but you could use mine. It's actually newer. I bought you a tractor so I could use yours. Remember you agreed to all this. Oh, I thought you were in the middle of a Curious State episode turned into a Sleep With Me episode. I was, but then I went off topic. Uh, Old Deers. It's a bedtime story for, uh, I go by Deers Scooter and I make a podcast called Sleep With Me. Bedtime stories for adults. I put people for to sleep for a living. You like it? People always say, are you an anesthesiologist? That's what people say, too. Like total strangers uh, or somewhat strangers, I, they say, what do you do for a living? I put people to sleep. Oh, you're an anesthesiologist? Usually that's more impressive than a sleep podcaster if you're trying to charm someone, by the way. Just so you know, if you think, uh, I guess also a process of elimination. It eliminates everybody. They said, like, uh, but one day it won't eliminate the right person. Oh, boy. I say no. When I first go to podcast meetups like 2012, 13, 14, and you'd sit around in a circle and everybody would say what podcast they wanted to make or what they were working on. And I would just see these blank faces. And I'd be like, yeah, this is my podcast, Bedtime Stories in there. And they, no, so, well, I'll read it and then I'll explain it. Just like they'd be just that poor, like that poor guy. Like I can see their head, like uh, I would share. And they'd be like, oh, okay, so you're a little weird. So, yeah, I would go to these podcast meetups, right? And uh, this was early days, 2012, before podcasts existed and then after I started it. And the first few, you know, they were just starting up. So everybody was a little nervous. And and also, you know, we all get like a competitive thing, you know, like... Uh, where are we on the social whatever hierarchy with strangers? But you would sit around in a circle and you'd say, oh, I'm thinking about starting a pod. I'm working on a podcast called this, or I'm thinking about And I'd say, oh, boy, I got to do this again. I don't even remember the first time. I kind of do. Maybe I just said, yeah, I'm working on, but I said, uh, I make a podcast. It's like uh, to put people to sleep. I'm sorry. It's like a bedtime stories. Uh, it's called Sleep With Me. Next. Like, usually I just do that really fast and then say, okay, go ahead. But I could see, because you're sitting in a circle, everybody's faces, and they'd be like, uh, what? Uh, and then later, if there was questions, they'd say, what did, wait, can we go back to you? Or sometimes people would be assertive enough. They'd say, I'm sorry, can you explain that a little bit better? And then even then, I was not enthusiastic. So I said, well, it's like, yeah, it's like... Uh, I was trying to maintain a slow, you know, trying to stay small. And it's like, you know, it's in a mizza. And they'd say, huh. But then later what would happen 
is I would achieve some level of comfort with the group and then unrelated to sleep with me, like I would share something where I'd talk more about the show in a more animated way. And then someone inevitably would say, okay, I get it now. Like I, now that I'm, I see you, dear one, they would say, I mean, they were sub, subtextually saying, and they say, I see you're, you're, you're an odd bird, nothing wrong with it, especially if you're in a group of podcasters, it's totally an accepting place for the most part. And they say, okay, now I get, now I can see it. Uh, so it's, it's funny, but like once, when I'm not being myself, uh, or I'm being a dialed down hidden version of myself, people would be. But when I was a little bit relaxed, they'd say, okay, that makes perfect sense for you. So, okay. So then Doug says, little did they know the idea would softly, gently skyrocket in popularity. Today, Sleep With Me gets over 3 million downloads every month. Uh, it's still pretty much, pretty much the same. It's over 100,000 people every night falling asleep to Drew's hypnotic voice and meandering tales. But how does he do it? What's the secret sauce to losing a football stadium's worth of people sleeping every night? Uh, I'm Doug Frazier, and this is Curious State, The Art of a Sleepy Story, Part 1, The Meandering, Take the Meandering Road Home. So, uh, Drew, what do you think are some key elements that make a story sleepy? Thanks, Doug. Glad we're here together in my imagination. Doug and I have become a good friend, so uh, ideally there's some structure to it. Uh, if it's going really well, it's something that's just out of focus. Uh, so, like, the person listening, they can kind of make out the details, but it's not so visceral or clear. And really, I mean, just like a good podcast or regular podcast, I need. I think it needs to have something for the listener to connect to. Or just hang on, in my case, uh, like hanging their thoughts on, like they're taking off their work jacket. This is kind of, uh, what's that good, uh, friend to be your neighbor. Who was that guy? Most, I mean, seminal figure, Oscar, I think uh, Tom Hanks won it. Uh, this is where my mind, Fred Neighbors, that was his name. Good Neighbor Show. Mr. Friendly? No. How can I not remember? Mr. Rogers, uh, Fred Neighbors, not his name. Fred Rogers was his name. But one of my heroes. But yeah, this is just my brain working or not working. Okay, take off the work jacket. So see how that's an archetypal thing that uh, Fred Rogers did. So whether it's a character or details or something immersive or something happening... But it has to misdirect their attention. Say, hey, I'm going to listen to this person. This strange person talked to me while I'm vulnerable and in bed. It put embed, like embed code. And see how it goes instead of thinking about whatever it is that's keeping me awake. But pretty good transcription. For listeners, it could be anything like last year we did a few where I would read through toy catalogs and kind of riff on the toy catalogs. 24-hour repeat musical alarm features Pac-Man characters, electric sound effects, play with progressive levels of difficulty, automatically records the highest score. Was 44.95, maybe this is a clip from the show, now 90.95, roulette game, watch, 90.95. So people love that. And then other people, if you put one of those out again, they say, I'll never listen again. 
Uh, this is that's true. Uh, every every day. Yeah. So it's like uh, finding a variety for li- for listeners to just keep going and keep taking small risks. But then for me as a creator, and it's really tough to explain this, uh, but I only need it to happen like once every 12 to 16 months where I sit down and record something and I'm not sure how it's going to turn out. And, uh, and, and then it turns out really, really well. Uh, I think it probably, I talked about this, maybe I'll talk about it coming up of the Jenny, the username generator is my standard, but I know there's been other episodes and, and honestly, uh, now I'm finding the reverse true. This is Drew speaking outside a curious state, but expounding on it. I've been, you know, listening to episodes like a few months before they come out. And um, there's been every, now it's like every four months, because uh, I'm recording further out, uh, where I'll record an episode, three months will pass, and I'll listen to the episode. And I'm really proud of it. Uh, where I'm like, wow, like... Uh, and I think that's nice to have some distance from it. And it'd be like, and I can think of, um, there's the one dog, cat, llama roommate. I'm very proud of that episode. And, uh, the, there was a series of episodes like that, like a beanstalk one. And then more recently for me, but not, probably not more, maybe more recently for you, Fast and the Fury, Furrow, Fast and the Furrowist, uh, and, uh, what is that other one? Um, I don't know. This is gone from my, oh, the teapot and flannel. As well as like, uh, the lasso episodes, uh, like, and I, I don't know. Uh, so now I'm having a different experience where it doesn't happen in the spark of creation. It's like afterwards they say, wow, like, uh, you did really good at that. And I think it's also because I have a separation between the person, the creative side and the production side. So when I'm listening, I'm not listening as much, so much as the writer, writer, voiceover person, as the person, the producer, and saying to the the voiceover and the writer, because usually these would be separate positions in a podcast. But not curious state. Doug does like a lot of the like a lot of podcasts are like one person doing all these different roles, but um, whereas a producer. Uh, which is different as a produce than a producer on a TV show or a movie. It's a little bit different. It's a more of like a, a hands-on position, like an editor. Um, just a, just a word. But he's, I say, wow, you did. I really liked that. Uh, more like a television segment produce, like a producer who's doing segments or news producer, even though it's not journalism. You say is more of a immediacy to the feedback. I like those choices you made. Uh, oh, no, here it comes. Uh, I'm not sure how it's going to turn out. In the episodes where Drew goes in blind, Doug says, something strange happens. He gets swept up in the story and forgets himself. Uh, he becomes one with the narrative, a vehicle for possibility. Oh, thank you, Doug. That's very kind of you to say. Like the time he told the story from the perspective of a sentient user generator named Jenny. So this is where also voiceover, this is my producer brain talking about curious state. This is like a, like a benefit of this style of interview podcast is, uh, maybe there was a gap in my answer to Doug's questions. And so Doug was able to use like a voiceover here, or at least as I'm seeing it in the transcript to fill in the 
gap in clarity in my answer, possibly, and in, and in a way that benefits the listener. Now we're totally in a meta zone here, but because, okay, back to the, because I was thinking it, that it must be exhausting to have to deal with it every day. I'm thinking of the ju- ju- generator, username generator, Jenny. And so I was like, let's do an interview and sit down with the username generator. Again, it would be exhausting because so many people would be writing these uh, inappropriate usernames and thinking they're funny. And it ended up, it went in a direction I didn't expect, and it just stayed lulling and stuff. And for me, it's like being surprised by the process because it is such a process-based thing that I forget about all the time. That was me adding that part on the end, but... uh, Episodes of Sleep With Me, this is Doug, range and sleep, episodes of Sleep With Me, range and topics, uh, toy catalogs, fiction, recipes, the wealth of imagination runs deep no matter the subject. Each episode is structured around a beginning, middle, and end between two pieces of nighttime narrative bread is tasty, sleepy stuff, the meandering. Okay, and this, I think, is a clip, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends beyond the binary. It's time for the podcaster who says, I'm going to wash those thoughts right out of your hair. If I didn't, I wonder what you do say. What's up with that? Uh, like, what's up with the scale here? Lenny, things about your shahar, your schedule is supposed to go with that washing the hair stuff. And you know, I don't have the best hair anyway. So tonight, tonight only, a hashawu. It feels good to have no spoon bubbles up there. It is good. Believe me, the bubbles are on the inside and the outside. And then Doug says, what does that meandering have in telling a sleepy story? And I say, so I call them meander points, which kind of sounds a bit like meander pants. I can't believe you left that in there. That's funny. Meander points, meander pants. Uh, I love that. Uh, It does. Meander points, meander pants. but meander points uh, is like for me, it's the story. What are you like? Uh, like, what are you wearing to the uh, um, SpongeBob SquarePants ball? Meander point, meander pants. Sorry, I thought I said me. I meant my underpants, but I said meander points. But I can't wear those. Uh, I can only live them. Uh, like it starts off with something like a beginning. Whether it's a character that has a want or something or needs something, question mark. Uh, and then it's like, okay, how would they solve this problem? And ideally, there's either one I already have in mind or it's like, okay, I know what they need. How am I going to get to the end? And in between that, if I have some points, uh, I can stay calm. So it's like sometimes I'll write stories, sometimes I'll plot them out, or sometimes I'll use a randomizer. And I'll have a list of random words or random songs or pictures. And that helps me go on the meander because it's like I can always go back. Uh, Like if I have something concrete to return to, even if it's a picture, it helps me relax when I feel like the meanders are petering out. So this is key stuff in here about sleep with me. Uh, So it's like keeping the story going just enough. Uh, Sometimes I feel like me and the listener are sort of riding in some sort of wagon and someone else is driving and the wagon is very bumpy. 
And you could, you could, I wonder if I expound on this, because uh, this is actually an interesting analogy. I remember talking about it. I don't know if it's a fully formed analogy. And you could kind of, you, the listener, could spill out of the wagon at any point you want. Uh, oh, there they do. It's like a, some safe place where there's hay everywhere, inside the wagon, outside the wagon. But uh, hypoallergenic hay, of course, for people like me. And you don't have to worry. The wagon's going to the next meander point. You could get right back on the wagon, or you could spill out and fall asleep anytime you want. Or I could fall out of the wagon, and it's just like, oh, wait a second. Uh, that reminds me of what I had for breakfast, even though it has nothing to do with anything, and see where that goes, and then try to bring it back again. So let's see if we can come back to that wagon analogy. Uh, but Doug asks, in that process, how do you find the Goldilocks zone between making the show too interesting that it keeps people awake and just interesting enough that it lulls them to sleep? And I answer, well, th- I mean, I guess uh, that's a question that keeps me making the show, actually. I think for me, it's also about having fun and in some sense, like seeing where that line is without pushing too hard. So right now we're doing a series, so there's a giant dinosaur, and we're doing a series on, like, uh, those giant beings. Moth breath is one of them, fighting, like, the spice friends that are, like, giants similar to Care Bears. And it's like, that's the plot of the story, okay? That's pretty intense. They're fighting over Earth, and human beings are at risk, And uh, but that's what I like. Uh, that's the kind of puzzle I like to solve. It's like, okay, how can we make it sleepy? And it fails sometimes. I mean, I got an email from somebody and they're like, I don't like that. Uh, I don't like to be reminded of giant lizards roaming the earth. Uh, And it's like, okay, I totally respect that. Uh, And it's like exploring the comfort zone together, being the listeners and knowing like, okay, sometimes I'm going to trip and fall on my face. And then Doug says, uh, whatever the sleepy story Drew decides to tell, there are certain topics he must avoid at all costs. Uh, the Art of a Sleepy Story, Part 2, Don't Freak People Out, Man. I like that. Uh, sleep is, is sort of a holistic healing tool for our bodies and minds. It helps with retaining information. Without it, your brain can become essentially waterlogged. Uh, Studies show if you want to improve your memory, it's best to get a good night's sleep to prime your brain uh, the night before uh, to let this information soak deep into the recesses of your memory. And uh, sleep is also personal, and some listeners of Drew's podcast have strong opinions about what they do and don't like. Okay, this is uh, this is interesting because we'll have to... Uh, early on, yeah, like I mentioned, uh, there's... Uh, Beings uh, that, uh, you know, work web-based beings and uh, beings with uh, non, they're non-warm-blooded. They don't, you don't check it and say, and people are like, what were you thinking? You make a sleep podcast, uh, like where I mentioned milk, Uh, that can't be right. Uh, Well, I've never done it before, so I was like, oh, okay. No of those beings. Now we call them like, oh, cold-breaded, butter, cold-breaded friends. So, <laughs> friends with cool blood, web-based beings. 
So now I try to come up with fun stuff like that, you know, money, uh, voting base, just like, a, you know, money, uh, people, leading figures, uh, stuff around anything that's going to have a strong emotional impact. Uh, and then early on, I had to learn to get over myself. Like, uh, when I was first doing the show, I was a bit more self-deprecating in a way that was unkind. And early people would be like, well, that's not uh, what I tuned into a podcast to hear. Someone making fun of themselves and not being nice to themselves. And another one is not pointing out the fact that people can't sleep. Uh, because early on, it was like, hey, maybe nobody's listening. And people emailed me, two different listeners, and they said, you know what? I thought we had made an arrangement where you could keep me company in the deep, dark night. And then you violated our arrangement and uh, pointed out I was all alone. And I couldn't sleep, and it really hurt my feelings, and that was such a powerful thing to do. I mean, and even know if podcasts, uh, this podcast would exist without that early feedback where it's like, okay. I did. I had to keep that in mind. Uh, and always that people are in a fragile state. Uh, and some people have a form of insomnia where they're not going to fall asleep and they're listening for a form of companionship or distraction. So I do want to comment on this a little bit. It's like, uh, yeah, this like we got this like a lot of this early when the podcast was developing as my hobby. It was like, uh, and there was like a smaller audience pool right at like feedback about hey don't talk about web-based beings directly or this these different things uh the, the relationship uh i don't know there's a more immediacy of uh okay let's alter this and now i have to like um that was when there was r feedback was more rare and it was pretty level for the most part and i don't know if that's more a reflection of the outside world or just the world of podcasts but in the past uh Five or six years, this has become much more uh, like a hayride without the hay trying to navigate uh, uh, because uh, people like either express their opinions in a non-constructive way or um, uh, it just may be like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so it's like it's it's a little bit different now where it's very, very become much more time consuming to parse through parse through stuff uh and to get an idea okay this person is more having a rough day and i'm the person you know i was the last person they're going to talk to to that day or more like i don't know what that person's going out that person's day but this uh, i don't know if this is a very nice thing to say and a lot of times i just read through it and i'm saying would i say this to somebody at a grocery store that's almost always what i use so the grocery store rule and, uh, this is a tangent, by the way, this didn't come up on the podcast or maybe it does later. Uh, but I, you do use that grocery store rule because it's like, okay, um, if I read a piece of feedback and I wouldn't say it to someone out loud that I don't know at a grocery store, at this point, I don't really, I, I can't, that's like my parse. And then I'd say, okay, I think I would. Or I'm not sure, then I probably would parse it. But if it's a no, or yeah, oh no, yeah, no, I wouldn't be comfortable saying that. Or um, even if it's the words around, like if I take out the stuff about the podcast and put it in about honeydew melons uh, or frozen foods, uh, like a lot of times, even if it starts out a certain way, I say, well, 
Okay. Like, uh, so that's actually been helpful. Sometimes I forget to use that, but I say, oh, okay. Um, if I wouldn't speak to someone that way at a grocery store that I don't know, it's okay to just delete it, uh, and not parse it. Uh, and again, that's also because it is like my primary thing is to keep making the, keep the show going. Oh, and then Doug says that, uh, there's a lot of pressure on your shoulders. I've learned that it's, uh, if I'm trying to create a safe place for people to fall asleep, I also have to think that it's, it also has to be safe for, for me to fail. And that's not easy. Like I constantly overthinking it or worrying about it. But it's like this weird thing where like, yeah, sometimes you're going to fail. And sometimes the listeners are going to be, you know, not happy about it. Or not every listener is going to like every episode. And there's going to be people that don't like you at all. And like, okay, it's going to be okay. Because uh, it would be kind of a authentic, serious way to describe it. But I'm like trying to stay calm and be present so I can tell the story to a person and help them fall asleep. And if I get caught up in my own self-criticism, it definitely distracts from the purpose of the show. Okay, this is back to Doug. Uh, the, the purpose has big impacts. A lack of sleep is not good for mood, a creative output, or self-control. Uh, stuff, looking at stuff with the front of your head and stuff. Uh, the front of your head and stuff. It's like, okay, what helps with self-control, gatekeeping, emotional, you know, switched off, lack sleep's not good for that. Not only are we groggy, impulsive, we could be. Sound familiar? Oh, boy, does it. Uh, if you want to dig into the nitty-gritty of uh, sleep, uh, you have to check out uh, Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. I can't recommend it highly enough. In the most literal sense, it's a life-changing book. Uh, Here's a passage that has stuck with me. So this is Doug quoting Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. Sleep is not a credit system or bank. Uh, you can't recover the sleep, uh, uh, but we can, acu- can accumulate a, a debt, uh, but not without penalty, and we can't repay that debt at a later time. So Drew's Meandering Stories Act more than just fun tales. They help listeners from going into sleep debt. Uh, and now if all goes right for the episode, most listeners won't be awake to the end. They've drifted off to dreamland long before then. But for those who are still awake, what does the ending look like? How do you get out of it? How do you get out of a sleepy story? Okay. So there's a conundrum. Okay. So this is me answering. Uh, so this is, there's a conundrum of sleep podcast right there. Uh, it's like there's nothing worse than not knowing how a story's going to end for me, the storyteller, because it's like I have my producer brain that's loosely listening to everything I'm saying because I'm monitoring my audio and some part of my brain is listening. Uh, and of course, it's helping me course correct, ideally without paying attention to, to what I'm saying. And then I'm also acutely aware of the clock. Uh, so it's like, even though I don't make a radio show, that's a radio show term, the clock. Like, because if you're making a nine minute segment, it's got to be nine minutes. With sleeping, it's looser than that. But it is like I like to have the episodes be somewhat in a certain range. Uh, I did like uh, one with a marionette. Oh, this is funny. Like uh, working with Jack of Jack and the Beanstalk. And I was like, this should be simple to solve. Like, they should just get to the top and get the golden chicken or whatever it is. But the characters kept making these choices. And I'd be like, okay, 
they want to go over there. And I'm like, okay, we're at 47 minutes now. Uh, but at the same time, if anything distracts me from being there, it's kind of like liability. Then again, it's me getting in the way. So like, okay, you could trust this, uh, that you work out or trust that the characters are gently guide them towards a solution. And then there's times that the landing is not stuck or if the landing is too intense, uh, uh, like, uh, like if you like somebody not landing a jump or something like on YouTube, uh, I'm trying to listen in a sense and be like, okay, we'll do a little postscript here to say, okay, just remember. So this is like probably odder things is a good example. Okay. Just remember everything's going to be okay. All will be well, as Emma Otter said. Or if there's an unresolved part of the series, it'd be like, okay, now the characters are going to rest together. So those ones are a little bit of a cheat, uh, but it's keeping the audience in mind. Okay, can we turn the volume down if we can't end in a way that feels satisfactory? The puzzle solving is what keeps me going and the connection with the listeners, knowing, okay, when I'm trying to solve the puzzle, they benefit from it. But I realize it's also like, man, this is a bit bonkers. Every time I hear myself talking about this, I'm like, yeah, you're chasing windmills. You're chasing windmills. Uh, but it's like, oh, okay, how lucky am I to be like, uh, man, I'm really grateful. And I'm grateful to help people. Whether it's my show or another show, they are struggling with something I can relate to. And it's really important to me because they know how it feels and not being able to sleep. And this is Doug. Uh, and uh, in our attention-grabbing world, it's too easy to neglect sleep, almost comically so. After all, we have better things to do. We barter a good night's sleep uh, for a few more episodes of a TV show, a couple more hours of scrolling, until we find ourselves in a new normal one where we're endlessly tired and make endless plans to change it. Uh, we make a bad habit of good intentions. Listening to sleep with me made me appreciate a different, quieter kind of experience. Lovable meandering. It becomes a space you can sink your mind into. And just be like the calming voice in the dark, blowing hush bubbles, whispering sweet cotton candy secrets. And letting your thoughts fade into transparent rice paper-like dream, awaiting, friends real awaiting its friend's arrival. And that, friend, is you. To learn more about Drew, go to sleepwithmepodcaster.com. And uh, if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes, uh, email me at curious at quickanddirtytips.com. If you prefer talking over typing, you can leave Doug a voicemail, 757-541-8471. And for more information about the show and where you can find us, uh, check out our show notes, quickanddirtytips.com. Special thanks to Quick and Dirty Tips team. You got Adam Cecil. Ooh, that's a familiar name there. Audience development and podcast manager. Morgan Christensen, podcasts and uh, advertising operations specialist, Holly Hutchings, and our digital operation specialist, Davina Tomlin, marketing and publicity assistant, and our trusty intern, Brendan Pika, or Brendan Pika. Curious State is hosted and produced by me, Doug Frazier, or the, the, the Doug, you know, not me. Uh, 
as part of the Quick and Dirty Tips Network, which is a division of Macmillan Publishers and Mignon Fogarty, uh, Inc. Uh, until next time, stay curious. But I'm still curious because we got a few more minutes here. Um, so just going through the transcript again of like, uh, I know we have that uh, hayride. There was something else though. Going to podcast meetups, that poor guy. Anything else I wanted to describe in there? I can't think of it. Structure, something just out of focus. Oh, this taking off your work jacket. I think we covered that. Uh, I'm sorry, I apologize. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood uh, that I totally forgot. Uh, I don't know. That's where I talk about the listener's trust. Like when people first listen that it's like, okay, I'm going to listen, like, uh, and I guess I, that's where I understand uh, the the feedback I get from people are never going to listen to the show again when their mind is kind of blown because the podcast is so different than what they expected. But I do try to spend a lot of time, and I'm even trying to figure out lately, this is uh, early summer 2022, of like, huh, how, what other ways can I do to like get, get across, uh, the, some of the essential information of the podcast early so that people can stop listening or they say, oh, okay, I, I will give this a try. There is no pressure for me to like the show or to fall asleep. I think is the key to the show. I think it's the key to everything. And like, just like when for me, at least someone says, Hey, I want to play you this song. A lot of times it's like that for me, because I'm not the greatest person in the world, it sets me up to dislike the song because I know they like it and they want me to like it, right? And so then I say, well, do we have to listen to it right now? Can I just listen to it later when I'm alone or something? Because that's like a lot of pressure on me. And I don't know, that's like one of the things with shows, like say, hey, no pressure to like the show or to fall asleep, but give it a try and know that your expectations may get in the way of things because now this show doesn't really defy expectations it, uh, or exceed them or it, it's, uh, it goes under them. It, it's uh, meanders around expectations, I guess. And that's definitely hard to get across. Uh, but also the respect I have for people that do take that risk and say, okay, I'll give it a try anyway, like uh, either out of desperation or, willingness or hey i'll give it a shot one of my friends recommended it and that it does take two or three tries for a lot of people um yeah okay so we did a toy catalog so oh some people love it and some people are like yeah don't put that out again i've learned that to kind of separate episodes like the ray episodes come out three or four times a year catalog ones four three or four times a year Trying to think what other ones. Tell the tape come out like once or twice a year. Uh, what other recurring style to like? Uh, and that kind of goes to, to oh, this is a, if you're listening, and uh, is why the episodes have a certain rhythm. Uh, is like uh, or why like so we have a very set release schedule which may, when you're listening to this, have changed again as I was working on something. Uh, that when I'm recording, this isn't an actual finalized, but uh, it'll help with, like, a lot of it comes down to keeping the podcast coming out twice a week, uh, where we used to be at three times a week. Uh, 
but it was at three times a week where I found the majority of listeners need variety because, uh, and the reason they need it is because then that's, that gives you permission and not like every episode, right? And some reassurance that, uh, the rhythm of the episodes is changing, but it's, it comes at a rhythm too, which is we have three styles of shows we make. Uh, uh, we have the TV style recap show. Uh, we have random Tuesday, we call them trending Tuesday episodes, but it's like a potpourri style, which is like some of those ones I listed or just a random single bedtime story unrelated to anything else or an occasional series like Purple People Circus or something that's uh, not a series, but uh, like occasional recurring characters. And then we have a written series uh, that runs for a season of uh, somewhere between 10 and 12 episodes and, or a holiday series that we do sometimes um, for a certain number of episodes. And, and the reason for that is one, it, it it creates a constant variety. It plays to some sleep with me strengths, which is like variety, but also whether it's the TV shows that have some recurring characters or some other form of familiarity and the written series are the same way recurring characters and familiarity. Well, it doesn't work for, it works for the majority of the sleep with me listeners, but not every, not all of sleep with me listeners. Right. But also making the show is takes uh, like a, it, it's a big investment uh, and uh, like making just one kind of episode just wouldn't be possible long term for me. Uh, I guess if like I did like the podcast became part of another company and there was a like then to say, OK, like, oh, I'm only responsible to make 12 episodes a year that would be different if other teams were like, Oh, I will make 12 episodes a year or whatever. But for me that I'm responsible for most of the episodes every year, it means I need to draw from three different wells of creativity. But at the same time, those wells support one of the other, the, the, like the weird thing is uh, without the TV recap episodes, I wouldn't have the time to like really invest in like uh, listening and visually taking in other successful shows and performances and like in character development, which impacts the other two styles of shows in a positive way. If I'm watching an episode of Ted Lasso uh, three or four times or Great British Bake Off uh, three or four times. It's like, oh, I can see how the, they are doing their stories and as a fan enjoy it. Uh, or, but, oh, how are they editing those segments at Great British Bake Off or what colors are they using? And that trickles into, that supports the success of the other two styles of shows. Uh, the Random Tuesday shows could become like something recurring where we discover a character or they just give me the freedom uh, to kind of talk, like if something comes up when I'm on a walk or I did something or I went on a trip or I observed something to be able to make a show about that. And um, while those shows take the least amount of preparation, like those are the kind of shows I'm always preparing for. I have lists everywhere. But when it comes down to it, it's like, oh, okay. What's a recording schedule look like this week? Okay, well, we need a Tuesday-style episode. We don't have... Should we pick something from the listers or something else you want to make? 
I don't know. Okay, well, we'll wait till the day before then and decide. Uh, it, it could be like that. And then the written episodes, again, writing supports other storytelling you hear in other episodes. Uh, it, uh, yeah, I mean, it makes the other episodes better. Like by me becoming a better meandering storyteller, I can just look at new whoa, how are we using this narrative voice? Oh, how many characters can we manage? Oh, how can we make this episodically modular? Oh, how do we make this serialized but with respect to the audience? Um, Oh, how vi- should this one be more visual or more audio? How structured are the characters versus letting the listeners structure and create the characters? Um, what are their relationships like? What are they want uh um where are they going i don't know and then just seeing especially when you stick with something like for 10 to 12 episodes you can you have to go like to make 10 or 12 episodes there's gonna be a lot of ups and downs in the writing and creation process but also lets me see what's missing when i'm listening to them i say wait a second uh this episode, these were more intellectual. I, I want to, I, I see, I need something a little more emotional. So then it informs the next thing I make, whether it's uh, whatever style episode. And when I say like, we could be doing something next, like I am working on something. Cause again, I'm saying how, if Sleep of Me remains an independent podcast, uh, how do I keep doing that into the future? both uh, trying to find ways to support the show, but also creatively keep it going. And so I have looked at like, uh, like uh, uh, optioning seasons of something and, uh, fiction, fiction. And, uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm probably by the time this comes out, we'll be ready to announce it. Maybe not. So I won't say the name of the show, but we're pretty far along with, uh, optioning three seasons of, uh, a fiction podcast that then I would be able to release. So we'd have a four show rhythm and I don't know what that would look like, but it'd probably be like a TV podcast. Then, uh, like the written series, then a trending Tuesday style one. And then this option series, which I would still voice and rewrite in the sleep with me style. We've done this a lot as one offs, uh, but that creates another kind of creative well that I draw from, similar to the TV well, where it's like a, a little bit more of observational, and it just is like, a, I don't know, and will it help us to stay sustainable? I don't know. I mean, a lot of that comes also down to the listeners, because it's like that does come with a call, like a much higher cost, because when I do it myself, uh, again, like I can um, make those costs, uh, like there isn't a cost. Uh, like, uh, uh, but that's the other thing about staying the show sustainable, why we cut back to three episodes and why we're trying to explore is like, okay, is there listener support who people support the sponsors or support the show on Patreon to be able to pay, you know, pay for this option of another show. Uh, and then again, okay, that would definitely help, uh, keep the podcast going much longer in the future. If that's sustainable, be like, okay, what would be the next show we would option or whatever. But also to get to highlight, I mean, the more exciting thing for me is to highlight other creators and their brilliant work and say, oh, I need to listen to that podcast during the day, the original one. Very similar to this crossover episode. This is why I love doing these ones. 
if you haven't listened to the Curious State episode, go ahead and listen to it and then start listening to the, I mean, it's a great podcast. Uh, you're already in a curious state if you're listening to Sleep With Me, but so you can listen to my interview and then subscribe to the show. Uh, Doug's just a w- wonderful, wonderful person. Really, he is someone like it's not a, he lives in that curious state. So it's funny that that's the name of the show. Uh, or I'm laughing because that's like, like uh, when I think of Doug, I say, okay, that's somebody that's in the curious state. He's curious about like subjects and people and stuff. So check out Curious State. Uh, and thanks so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, good night.